What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, brought to you, as always, by the Sorry Sports Network. Uh, Today was episode 103, pretty slow week in sports, but Sean and I jumped right in. First thing we talked about was some unfortunate news in the NFL, the Tyreek Hill ruling by the NFL. After that, we talked a little bit lighter with the recent Odell Beckham quotes about the Giants. Following that, we did some predictions on MLB trade deadline, talked a little bit of Yankees in there as well. And then after that, we just talked a little bit about the MLB and then did some pop culture following that. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. As always, check out the website, the greatest website in the world, SorrySports.com. we got two new articles running. And if you want to say anything nice, not so nice, whatever you want to do, email us, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. I'll check that email maybe once every month, so it's pretty consistent. Um, Enjoy the pod, guys, and we'll be back later in the week with a sorry short. everybody welcome back to sorry to interrupt we're here on a monday rundown actually on a monday this time happy monday we're handling business tom what's up my man what's going on it's been uh it's been slow in sports i did not watch any of the open championship i don't know about you i didn't yeah once i once i found out rory and tiger were out kept going that choke you up a little bit oh yeah i mean very sorry look great in his stone island nike jacket i must say as a uh sharp I guess a fashion kind of guy. I do have a store. There it does you go. have its own website now if anybody wants to visit Let's it. Let's drop Dino, that name. Uh, Come on. DinoHypeCO, DinoHypeCo.com. Um, yeah, I was pretty much in there all weekend, so, and uh, doing a few other things, but did not watch a minute of it. Uh, somebody from Ireland, I believe. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, no, cool. That's a, that's a cool story. Good for, good for them, who I don't know who their name is. Only the second time in... Um, the, the, the Open Championships been in Northern Ireland, obviously, with the political turmoil that's been there for quite some time. Uh, it was cool if Rory wasn't going to represent that they had another hometown guy. Um, for sure. Kepka did finish third because he's incredible. And when it comes to... Can't even putt, but he's still in this tournament. But he's When still it comes to majors, third. man, he is just... He's that Dial next level up. guy. And you can just see him when he plays. You know, he is out for blood. He's not trying to be people's friends. He just blocks everything else out and plays his plays his best golf. But he didn't prevail. But either way, um, didn't don't have a whole lot of analysis to give you on that one. But unfortunately, as we were about to hit the weekend, the NFL did another very NFL thing. Tom, you want to tell everybody what happened on Friday? Um, well, what didn't happen? They decided I guess to there you go, yeah. not suspend Tyreek Hill, and now the Chiefs are actually already talking extension with him. Now, maybe it was because I was watching ESPN, and we all know ESPN is so far up the rear ends of the NFL. I guess we're not going to get picked up by them anytime soon as a sorry sports on ESPN. I don't expect thing. to. They've got enough content. I kind of like but, our brand. But... Um, they basically said that the NFL not being a legal entity or having any power, I guess, um, when it comes to pulling some of the statements and whatnot, they kind of just had to go off what Tyreek Hill said and what his girlfriend, wife, whatever, I don't know, I don't know what she is, said. Um, and that, and that was came back out in March. Yeah, and that was basically that they didn't have enough evidence to suspend him. And I can't say this is as egregious as the Ray Rice thing, but I still think it's pretty terrible, especially because this guy's a repeat offender. He threw Uh, her down the stairs when she was pregnant, and he's basically been on recording of saying not only should his son be fearful of him and that he opens up that opens up his arm so he can beat him in the chest um, and that she should be afraid of him as well. So, And me and you heard that recording, so I think if you and I have the ability to hear that, I'm sure the NFL could get some ears on it. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about legalities and all this nonsense. Uh, The NFL loves to take, you know, accounts into their own hands and handle things as if they are the U.S. Justice Department. And 
for a situation like this, again, you def- you you suspend Tom Brady four games for th- for deflating a football. Edelman three, I believe. Yeah, like I, I'm sorry, like performance enhancing drugs. Fine, if you really want to talk about it's cheating the integrity of the game, I think it's bullshit. When things like this happen, it's another opportunity to prove that you are out of the dark ages and that you actually stand for something moral. And I promise you, if Tyree Kill was a third string running back or in the decline of his career or trying to just hang on to a job, he would have been suspended and and nobody would like him. However, the Kansas City Chiefs already talking extension with him, know how dynamic he is on the football field. And... The Kansas City Chiefs, who have a culture of having really bad guys in their organization, guys who get suspended and a lot of character issues, seem to have absolutely no problem with the NFL's ruling. They're not going to hand down anything on their own because they need him on the field. And and fantasy football rules, all that shit. They're historically a team that just lets the NFL make the ruling, and they don't take matters into their own hands. They kind of just throw it up to the NFL and whatever they decide, which is usually the wrong thing, especially when it comes to these more heinous crimes like domestic violence and whatnot. Unfortunately, the NFL kind of rules for the player. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And just given the patterns and whatnot, and people usually don't change, I'm not a doctor. And I'm not even accusing him of being guilty. I believe we do have a court process for a reason. It's going to be really interesting when this happens again with Tyree Kill. Well, I mean, you know, you call it once, you call it an isolated incident, and you say that there's, you know reason to be afraid of it happening again yep. um, when it happens twice Listen, you know what they now say, it's a man. pattern you know what they say if it walks like a duck if it quacks like a duck it's usually a duck right yep. and you know there's no you can't even blame Tyree Kill because this is who he is this is the kind of guy he is and if he's not going to be reprimanded I mean what was the worst thing that happened to him didn't he fall to like a third round pick uh, I might I, believe. I might be wrong as far most as teams had him off the draft board completely right I might be wrong with where he got where he got drafted and, and if anybody wants to tweet at us let us know that at sorry sports. sports good job but, um I got you but also it's just uh, again if he's not going to be suspended if he's not going to face a real tough penalty, okay, you get drafted in the third round. You lose a couple million dollars. If you're a good enough player, you're going to make that back in a contract. He's gonna. And he's going to. So congratulations, NFL. You did it again. And I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine. And we were saying, like, he was like, "Is it, they have to do something. Is it, is it, I'm like, dude, it's too late. He's like, "Why? what are you talking about? Why is it too late? I'm like, because they have set the standard for the kind of player that Tyreek Hill is, for the kind of allegations and perceived recordings, and if it's not put into the court system and he's not being arrested and he's not having a hearing, then they're going to let him play and it doesn't actually matter. So, yes, the NFL, it is too late. Unless they make, unless they do something completely out of nowhere, which is, nope, don't even want our guys being alleged to be doing this. We don't even want them associated with this kind of crime with this kind of act then and we're going to suspend you minimum six games what did elliot get suspended for how much proof was against that i think he got suspended i think i want to say eight games six or eight games what did he get suspended for I can't remember, remember off the top yeah, of my head. It was along the lines of something like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to know. I how hate much. to say, I hate to say this, and, and to people who are maybe like, don't they? They all get shuffled up in our heads. Okay, this happens about seven times a year to seven different players. So I'm sorry that I can't keep track, and Tom can't keep track of well, every just, single sexual abuse, violence. I just like to look at the evidence whatever. of Elliot, and was he? Pro- I don't think he was. I don't think he was charged with a crime. I don't think he was proven guilty. And it's like, how much more evidence do you need than this recording of Tyreek Hill saying things like this? I I don't disagree. All I know is that the NFL has made its statement. Not to mention he's clearly a a repeat offender. Of course. So the NFL has made their statement. We are too far down the rabbit hole. This is not going to change. And, you know, I don't care if anybody says you guys need to stop being so upset about it, nothing's going to change. I'm sorry. This is a big deal. This it's, is a this is a dangerous human being yep. that is putting a child and potentially, again, a woman at risk. I'm not going to ever apologize for getting worked up about that. Sorry. And, and the other thing is, it's like, 
it's not that hard. Like, just do do what the MLB does, or I don't know what the NBA's rules in place, but let me ask you a question: I think the MLB, Do you ever see these kind of stories linger in either league, in the NBA or the MLB? No, exactly. Osuna last what was it last year or the year before? Boom, sixty games. If he does it again, I think he's out of baseball. Yep. There you go, Chapman. Yep, Chapman served his suspension. Boom. Familia games. served his. Obviously, Reyes faced a year based off what he did because the crime was a little bit more heinous and there was more evidence against it. So, you know, Jose Reyes, from all accounts, was a really good guy. Who cares? You did this under our strict rules and how we're going to enforce this policy in the Major League Baseball. You're going to get a whole year. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. I think, honestly, the NFL's... Been- Aside from the fact that they genuinely don't care, and it's very obvious, I think that's clearly their biggest problem. And the reason why they don't care is because training camp starts in what? Two weeks? Hey, everybody's talking about their fantasy drafts already, bro. I literally just had a group chat today about a fantasy draft. There you go. fired up for it. And how are you going to have one without Tyree Kill? Because we're going to keep watching. Absolutely. He is a commodity in a lot of other aspects of the league. Yes. And the other main problem is that... Um, I just don't think the, the language on this is not cut and dry, and, and it's really not that hard to put some rules in place for this. I mean, every other league has it. it why does it have to There's be no, this, like, this, like, when did this happen? In March or something like that? Yeah, we well, it came out in this? March, yeah. Yeah, right after the recording the, following came out the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And we're into almost August right now, and we're still going on about this. MLB and NBA would have wiped that up quick. He would have been suspended for 60 games in the MLB or whatever. At least. Know, however many in the NBA. And that would have been it. Why can't they just have that? It's well, because really they don't have it for anything far. else. I mean, why was the national anthem protesting such a big deal for so long? Because they don't have a rule. Every other league has a rule. Uh, yeah, and, and it just all goes back to Goodell. But the owners clearly don't care because they're they just, except for some of the more forward ones, and that's what's crazy about the M- the NBA is they're younger, they're a little bit more into. Well, Adam Silver is also much more progressive, and he has an image. All these old guys, all they care about is making money. Yeah, Adam Period. Silver in has, the NFL, yeah, not the NBA. Adam Silver has an image of what the NBA brand should be, and if you are somebody who's in the league, particularly if you're somebody who's a face of the league that is ever associated with something like that. I mean, look what the first thing he did was when he became commissioner. He banned Donald Sterling for life. Mm-hmm. That's an owner. That's a guy who owns one of his teams. He doesn't care. You are you are putting a black mark on our league and how it's perceived, and we are not we do not tolerate that. The yep. problem is, is in the NFL, as we've said, and we are hypocrites. We are feeding into the machine. Because you know what? Absolutely. I'm fired up for fantasy football. You know I'm going to watch every Sunday. And I'm going to have somebody else working in my store that doesn't care as much about football on Sundays because I'm not, I'm sure shit not going to be in there. There you go. And I'd love to be in my store making money, but again, it's football. It's fucking, and football. you know what? But you know, I shouldn't feel you're watching, you're, you're, you're paying money. For I should feel to- dirty watching the sport. It's not the and point. It's the same thing with college football. I shouldn't feel dirty watching the sport. It's a different, it's a different argument because if you're going to go through, making these personal decisions based on your moral compass. All I know is that I'm not ever going to buy a Tyreek Hill jersey. I will not feed into his brand. However, if the Kansas City Chiefs are on, on a primetime game, yes, I will be watching. I'm not watching for him. I'm not hoping he does great. I don't play fantasy football. But my friend, you are watching because the Kansas City Chiefs are... Our Super Bowl favorite, and he's there one you of the go. big time reasons. That's why, why I said are. we are hypocrites. We are, and to people who want to yell at us and be like, "What do you mean? You know, you're working all worked up about this, and you shouldn't be because you're just going to feed right back into the machine." Yeah, well, so is almost everybody else. Yep. And the NFL That's knows the that they have us by the balls, along with millions and millions and millions of other people. And unless that changes, they don't have any incentive to prioritize humanity because shit. It clearly doesn't matter, but I'm turned off by this. This This sucks. The only way this changes is if you and I and every other fan, me and you are intense football fans, but every other fair weather fan, whatever it may be, just says, I'm done until they clean this up. And when they see those ratings change and those numbers go down and the money stop coming in, they'll make a change. Shit, man, we saw the ratings go down two years ago. 
and nothing changed. Matter of fact, you could say it's gotten worse with as far as not handing out suspensions. Because they're still dominating, and when the when the contract is up with all these major with all these major broadcasters in the net, I think it's in 2022, all their contracts go up with the, with CBS and NBC um, and Fox, NBC and Fox, and ESPN on Monday night, and Amazon bids you know a billion plus for a contract or whatever. Proof is in the pudding. There, there's or Netflix bids or or whoever you name, whoever's going to be the dominant party, then because the world's going to streaming, it's just gonna they're just gonna run it back. They don't have any reason to do something that's going to take away from the quality on the field. Nope. And if that happens, then so be it. People are still going to watch, and you know what? We hope it gets swept under the rug because come Sundays at one o'clock. Nobody cares about Tyreek Hill doing this. People care about Tyreek Hill scoring touchdowns. Let's move to something. One last touch on the NFL. This is much more trivial, which I enjoy. Now, as camps are set to open up this week, beginning this week, Odell Beckham had an interview in GQ that came out public today and um, had a little comment at the Giants. Uh, said he felt disrespected. Said he did things that kept the brand positive um, through a lot of bad situations and as the resident giant fan on the podcast I'm going to take a little bit of a turn and I'm going to say I don't think he's completely wrong now listen I wasn't a big Odell antics fan I loved watching him play he was an absolutely incredible talent Uh, that 2016 team would not have been to the playoffs without him Um, dynamic did everything on the field you could ask for I think he came around at the wrong time. I think if he was drafted in 2009, 2010, when Hakeem Nix was drafted, and you intertwine, and you uh, rather take switch those two players out, you're looking at a giant team that could have won two or three Super Bowls instead of just one. However, that's not what happened, and he came about as Eli's skill set was declining heavily. The offensive line was going through a major turnover. The defense wasn't that good. Coughlin started fighting for his job, and Jerry Reese was in the middle of drafting, some, having some of the worst draft classes a GM has had in consecutive years. So the Giants brand has been bad, and it has not all been because of Odell Beckham Jr. Again, they've been absolved of talent. They've had a future Hall of Fame quarterback with a skill set diminishing, not putting enough talent around them. And they've done some pretty bad things. Remember, they had Josh Brown, who was the kicker, and they kept him around when he was not just alleged, he was completely shown guilty of, of um, what was it, uh, domestic abuse. So they have had a lot of black, they've had a lot of egg on their face too. So the Giants for the last few years have been a dumpster fire, and they have been properly made fun of and ridiculed and are going through a transformation process. I think Odell kind of was the face of that for right or for wrong. He certainly put a lot on himself with his antics and his immaturity, starting with the Josh Norman fiasco in 2015, going to the boat trip and then all, you know, the kicking net and all on down the line. But I don't think he's completely wrong. I do think the Giants kind of disrespected him. Um, I think they gave him the money because... They felt like they had to, but I don't think Gettleman in particular really wanted to. I think that was more of a Mara call. And after a year, they're like, nope, we need you out. And the way that Gettleman portrayed it kind of made it sound like he was the scapegoat and the reason for all this bad shit, along with Landon Collins. Uh, I don't know how you feel, man, but I don't as the Giant fan, I, I think that I, I don't think he is wrong Odell, for thinking he's disrespected. How's Odell the scapegoat throughout the Giants being terrible for the last what three years or whatnot two years really about five or six they had that one isolated year where they were a playoff team but that was not a great 11 and 5 team he's been the only player that's consistently put up numbers to the point where he's putting up historic numbers um he's he's on jerry rice's coattails throughout his entire career of trajectory and he could break all sorts of records if he if he just figures out a way to stay healthy 
And listen, the off-the-field antics and whatnot, no, they weren't good, but nothing was good for the Giants, honestly. Keep in mind, too, his off-the-field antics, they were more annoying than anything. He's not doing anything like Tyreek Hill or anything. No, that no, shit. not at all. And people need to keep that in perspective, and the Giants should probably do that, too, with, um, what's-his-face, Brown being on the team and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, man, it's a business, and... If Odell Beckham's an all-pro this year and the Cleveland Browns somehow win the Super Bowl or do really well in the playoffs, just a big middle finger to the Giants on the field. Fuck him. I mean, he's great. I love him. He's probably, aside from Sam Darnold, my baby boy, my favorite player in the league He has right been now. one of my favorite players to watch and in, a really, in my entire time watching football. He's taking football to the next level. He's that swaggy guy that's at all the parties and stuff, and He's one of the only players that you can really say, especially from a non-quarterback perspective, that when you see him, for whether it be although he cut it, the blonde hair, or just him, that he's a recognizable celebrity. And the NFL does not have too many of those guys. Um, and he's kind of taking it forward to where he's got his own Nike shoe, the um, Young King of the Drip that just came out and sold out on Nike. And not a lot of, not a lot of football players get their own signature shoe. Um, especially with Nike, and he's got he's wearing all designer and and he's in a Pyre Moss fashion show and he's doing all this stuff and and he's got his own brand and I think he did much more good for the Giants and quite frankly keeping them relevant in times of real turmoil than any of the dumb shit that he did on the side, whether it be the kicking net or the Josh Norman garbage. Um, I just think, yeah, they disrespected him. But honestly, at the end of the day, my perspective on this is go do it on the field. Be an all-pro with your boy Baker, with your boy. You're in a much better situation with yeah, Baker boy and Landry Jarvis. Yeah. I mean, that team's fucking stacked. Yeah, I mean, on paper, that is a fantasy football team. And, you know, after he made that catch on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys and burst upon the scene, I was ecstatic because in all my years watching the Giants – you know, I loved Amani Toomer. He was a very solid wide receiver. I loved Plax. I loved Plax. You know, he was big. I even liked Chucky, you know, before he ruined Eli and they had to get him out of there. But he was as far as a skill set, you know, kind of tight end, he was revolutionary at the time. Tiki was a very exciting player to watch for a few years. Obviously, Cruz had those two years, three years, where he was a lot of Before fun. Got hurt. Yep. So I've seen a lot of really cool t- talents and a lot of guys that have helped this team win. But there's never been. But I've never seen anybody do is the greatest what Odell Beckham ever. did. Yep. And when he made that catch, I was like, the Giants have a superstar on on their hands, and it was just kind of upsetting that it didn't work out. Obviously, we talked about that back when he was dealt and. It's gonna suck. I think he was the. I think he was the best player that came around at the wrong time. You know, like if he was on the Giants, like I said, if he was drafted back in 2010, 2009, and was able to enjoy a couple more of the Eli really good years with still an offensive line that protected him and a balanced running attack, I think that that was probably you. You could have looked and said, okay, this is a player that's going to make us so much better because there's still guys around him that a wide receiver is so dependent on all other factors of the offense being good. But what's crazy? And is he hasn't he had that. And look numbers. at the numbers he put up without yep. that. So absolutely, I and wish I him honestly, the best of luck. <clears throat> honestly, I think he's going to have a better career over the next couple of years than the Giants do. I don't think pretty much any of those draft picks that they got from the Browns are going to turn into an Odell Beckham. And I think the Giants lost in that situation. Well, listen, I don't think Thank any God of them. Thank God for Shake. Yeah, for I, you I, don't, I don't think anything, obviously, none of those players individually are going to turn into an Odell Beckham. But I think the whole reason the Giants are looking at it, right, is the Giants have historically been good when they've had a very good team. Okay, that 2011 was a very good team. They didn't have anybody. I mean, Victor Cruz had a really solid year. Hakeem Nix had a nice postseason, but they didn't have anybody. I mean, you look at the running backs of Jacobs and Bradshaw. They didn't have anybody that was a singular talent like an Odell, but there was no locker room problems. There was no one who was a distraction. And even though you you mentioned it, Odell brought a lot of relevancy to the Giants in a lot of good ways, but there were some distractions. And I'm not going to say that that wasn't a case in part in why Gettleman wanted to move on. I think that they have a culture that they're trying to solidify. It's clearly been broken. And 
Odell doesn't fit that mold. And I, I think both parties are going to be better off for it. I think the Giants are going to be better off for it, for bringing in different character guys that fit the kind of locker room they want to cultivate. And I think Beckham's going to have more success going to a team with a young quarterback who can get him the ball a little bit more frequently, have Jarvis Landry, and have Nick Chubb running out of that backfield. I think that both I think both parties won. And your boy Kareem. Jesus Christ. That, that too. All right, so... The NFL, as you said, usually we talk when we talk NFL in the summertime, it's usually for bad. But that Odell comment was a little way to lighten it up a little and talk about something that really doesn't matter. But now we are going to talk about something that does for the time being, and that's the Major League Baseball trade deadline. We are officially nine days away, and there was a very interesting week that just transpired for a lot of teams coming out of the second half um, that are going to shake shake things up and determine the fate of a lot of other teams as well. So I have nine names for you, sir. And I thought what would be kind of fun to do is go through these nine names. C, A, do you believe they get traded? And B, kind of like we did with the NBA free agents, let's give a landing spot. Okay, I was pretty good with NBA. I don't know if I'll be as You did good. better than me, but I ended up being the happiest. Yes. Um, all right. So let's start off with the guy that's been talked about the most. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but the San Francisco Giants have been on a tear lately. So much they so that they, that they are trade them, very much into discussion for that second wild card. They just took three out of four from the Mets, walking off three out of those four games in extra innings. Their bullpen's been pitching better. Their starting rotation, headlined by the gentleman I'm about to bring up. And even the offense has been clicking on all cylinders, too. They haven't played great teams, but they have been winning to their credit, and that National League playoff picture is very bunched up. So, with all that being said, Madison Bumgarner, does he get dealt, and where does he go? Well, they released a statement earlier in the week saying, regardless of the win streak, they are still going to trade him. Um, I think he wants to play for more of a contender in this latter part of his career. And I think he's he been goes, pitching well lately. I think he goes to Milwaukee. Okay. Um, they just lost, um, what is it, Brandon Woodruff, mm-hmm. I believe. Six um, weeks. For six weeks. And that guy just made the all-star team. He's a starting pitcher. And they were already a little short at starting pitcher. So I think they can use a guy. I don't think the Yankees are going to be willing to give up what they need to give up for a mad bum. And I think he ends up in Milwaukee. I like that. Um I also do believe he'll get traded. And he can um, hit too, so it'd be nice. Yeah, to see I think it's. Out. I think that they could do though, conceivably, with what the Yankees did with Chapman, which is deal him and then bring him back. Because especially if he seems like he's still pitching well, and you and you bring him back, and you think that your team with some new young talent can start contending again. When you look at the landscape of the National League, maybe he wants to come back, and, and you bring back an icon. I'm gonna say Atlanta. Okay, um, I think Atlanta second. makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, like you said, National League can still hit. And they're a team that's poised. They are right now the leader in the National League East. And they believe that with the struggles of the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals, particularly their bullpen. They're hot, though. Nets they, are hot. No, they are. But the but the I think the, Nets the Braves are, gonna, are better. I think the Nets are actually going to go out and get a guy that's not on your list, another San Francisco Giant, and that's a closer who's been doing really well this year, and Will Smith. He's on, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. Um, He's on the list. You yeah. can check. So, um, so we will see about that. But, yeah, I'm going to say Atlanta. They're ready to make the move. So we both agree that he gets dealt. We both say he goes to National League teams, but we're saying different destinations. Milwaukee for you, Atlanta for me. Next on the docket is Marcus Stroman. He is going to get traded. Uh, Scouts from the Braves, the Yankees, and the Phillies were all in attendance, and the Brewers as well, uh, for his gem that he threw on Friday night in Detroit. Detroit's not a great team, but Stroman was pretty dominant. His ground ball rate is absurd. And he seems to have that moxie for the big spot. Is he dealt? And where? Yankees. I think they're going to package him for... I think they're going to do something similar to what they did for Robertson and Canely a few years back, except they're just going to have a starter instead of two relievers. And they're going to go out and get him and Ken Giles. 
Whew. Well, you're giving up quite a good amount there if you're the Yankees, and Most you're probably an looking Andahar at and or Frazier and a lot of good pitching. I think prospects. Debbie Garcia is going to have to be involved if you're getting trying to pry both those guys loose. I am in agreement with you, sir. I think that he fits the kind of mold that the Yankees want. They don't want to How give up. How do you up. feel about the package deal? Can we just skip over Ken Giles? Do you agree with me that they're going to do a two for one, two for? The Yankees would have to blow them away because I think that they could maximize value on both those guys by putting them in separate deals, um, especially with how many teams are coveting bullpen help. Um, What's interesting when you look at the Yankees and the Blue Jays as trade partners is the Blue Jays... The Blue Jays are going to command probably almost all pitching. Their young talent at the position player, you know level is really really good they and they're almost all there i mean they've got they're gonna trade justin smoke i believe they got my boy drury he'll they, probably play first they've got drury but of course they've got biggio guerrero and they've got guerrero bo bichette's coming up soon you've also got lourdes guriel in the outfield and you've got a couple other really talented players um they've got jansen behind the plate what they don't have is pitching and if you're a team that believes that your rebuild is not that far away and you're trading a young controllable pitcher who's I don't know top 10 in the league wow strong top 10 in the AL yeah yeah I mean he this year he is for sure so you're gonna have to make sure that you get people that you feel really good about and I know the Yankees don't want to trade Garcia the guy's been rocketing up their farm system but listen we know this as much as everyone. Over the last few years, all we've talked about are Yankee pitching prospects. And listen, the Yankees, to their credit, have done a good job developing some of those prospects to where they have a lot more arms than you could, than you would have thought a few years back. We we thought it was Severino, and it was pretty barren besides that, except for Garcia down in low A and whatnot. But they've done a really good job well, with Herman. They had... They've done a really, really good job with um, Loisaga. Mm-hmm. I who's mean, battled got- injury problems this year. But yes, and the other thing too, I thought you were going to go this direction as well. They're really good at hyping up these guys. You know, oh, two well, years yeah. ago, they traded Caprillion. A lot of Yankee fans, oh, we love Caprillion. Why'd you have to trade him? He hasn't pitched above double A for Oakland. He's constantly hurt. Justice Sheffield, who the Yankees, he started the Futures game last year. All the Yankee fans couldn't wait to see him come up. He has a 6.8 ERA in AAA Tacoma for Seattle. He's nowhere close to coming back up. And also on top of that, you're looking at, you know, Chance Adams, who had that one really good year in the minors and has not duplicated that. And they Which is why you want to trade a guy while he's hot. Missed a chance to deal him, you know, for the value that they could have commanded for him. So The Yankees thing is always bad, aside from a few anomalies like a Pettit, like a, like a Severino, and, and you could name uh, – a couple more, not that many, is always develop the young, talented bats and go out and get the arms. Yeah, and they also can develop relievers real well, obviously. I mean, Robertson came through their system, Batances. Jabba? Yep, Jabba. Uh, so, Jabba they fucked up right. because they tried to make him a starter. Right. Um, so, I think that that trade package makes sense. You're going to have to give up a lot of pitching. I don't know if they're going to command a Frazier. I don't know if they're going to command a Floreal even. That's fine. We'll but you're going to have to give too. maybe a Chance Adams, a Low Isaac, and a Garcia. And that's a lot of pitching prospects. But you know what? If you're getting back Marcus Stroman and you think that he's answering your your rotation problems and winning you a World Series or two and you got him under control for next year, then it's worth it. Chance Adams I'm out on already anyways. And then who are the other two you said? Probably David Garcia and you're looking at maybe a Low Isaac. Okay. And then you still have a Domingo mm-hmm. as a chipper as well as another guy who – could probably be a two or a three in your rotation. Yep, don't forget about Montgomery, too. Montgomery as well, who has been slow to come back, but I think there's a reason behind that. Yeah, Trying well, he had, a, he had a setback with his shoulder that was kind of barking after his elbow come back from Tommy John. But either way, we didn't expect to see him this year. So moving on, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is a guy who I think, I think is going to get traded, um, and I think he's the one who ends up in Atlanta. I like that match too. Um, if they if they strike out on Bumgarner, I could see them pivoting to him. I got a dark horse for you, and it's the San Diego Padres. Okay, I think that they are serious about acquiring a starter, not to put them in the postseason. But um, for the years coming, yeah, a, a young controllable guy. Who, Stroman could be there too. Then yep, for San Diego, yeah, and uh, I think that they have the prospects to do it. 
I was wondering if Cleveland would do it because they're they've been hot lately. They're now only four and a half behind Minnesota. But if you look at their rotation, when Kluber comes back, I think they're they're good enough to make a run even without Bauer because you've got Clevenger, you've got Bieber, you'll have a healthy Bauer. Um, not or not Bauer. Bauer, I'm sorry, Kluber. Kluber. So losing Bauer, it, it, it's not like you want to give him away, but if a team's willing to give up a good amount of prospects or the kind of guys that you're looking for, then I think that you could still trade him and, and end up going on a run. Absolutely. All right, so we both got him going, getting traded, and uh, I picked the Braves. Who do you have? Uh, San Diego. Okay, and now let's talk some Mets. This part's going to be fun. So I put Syndergaard first. What is your fate with him? I don't think he gets traded. I think for the Mets to trade Noah Syndergaard, I think they have to be like any team would have to be blown away with an offer to trade a guy like Syndergaard, but the Mets especially because they are the Mets and they never do really anything bright. And, you know, Mike Phillips always talks about you need somebody to put asses in the seat and this, that, and the third, and you need somebody that's your franchise guy. And I understand that with DeGrom, but they're going to want to hold on to Syndergaard as well. And I don't think anybody... I think what they're going to be asking for is going to be too crazy, and I just don't think they figure out a deal by this deadline. If they still had the waiver period and all that shit, maybe. But being that it's a hard deadline on, what, July 31st? Yes, sir. I don't think they get a deal done. No, I'm in agreement with you. I was thinking about this one for a while, but... You know, yep. look good. I was watching him pitch last night. Steven Matz, if he could stay off the IL, I like him. Yeah, uh, and I think that's kind of what we've been talking about for Steven Matz for about four years. I mean, Syndergaard right now is pitching to a 4-3-8. He had a epic duel with Bumgarner last Friday. I don't know if you saw that game. Bumgarner went nine innings, gave up one run... Syndergaard went seven, gave up one run. That was a game the Giants ended up winning in 16 innings. But I'm with you, man. I don't think he gets dealt. I think that what your hope with him is is that he dominates down the stretch in the second half, gets his ERA under four, finishes strong, finishes healthy, and puts his value a little bit higher in the offseason when you have more time to kind of look at the trade market and see what teams are trying to do. And then not trade him because you're the Mets. <laughs> right. Well, one guy that it seems like they have to trade, and he's coming back off the IL this week. He's due for at least one or two starts before the deadline. That's Zach Wheeler. No structural damage. Nope. So that's good. Yep. To, uh, to no, he's, injury, so. Yeah, he, he's fine. I mean, I think they, they actually shut him down more for precaution because they know they're going to deal him. So... Where do you see him being dealt? Because I believe that you're in belief that they will actually move him. I think they will actually move him, and I think the Mets are those old-fashioned teams. It's going to be really tough to get a deal done with the Yankees. I don't think, especially because he's a pending free agent, I don't think the Yankees are going to give up too much. They're not going to trade him to Atlanta. They're not going to trade him to Philly because, God forbid, they trade within division. I mean, I'm the type of guy where if I'm the GM, I'm going for the best players. We suck anyways. If he propels them to a World Series, okay, I still have your top two prospects, but that's not how the Mets are. I'm looking at probably an AL team. Um, I don't really know. Maybe the Red Sox. I don't know if they have any prospects left to give up, but I could see the Red Sox and the Mets making a deal here. Yeah, I could see them making the deal too, but I'll go with a different AL East team, and it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. I think that the Tampa Bay Rays have had a lot of success with their openers, obviously, but remember, they lost Tyler Glass now, and they're not sure if he's coming back this year. So right now you've got Snell, who's pitched very well against everybody other than the Yankees. You've got Charlie Morton, who's a bona fide, you know, top tier guy. And they've had success with Chirinos and guys like Meeks, or uh, Jalen Beeks, rather. But um, I think that they're going to want to fortify this rotation even more so because... They might have conceded the division after what happened this past week in New York, but that's a team that's poised for a postseason run. And if they can go into a series with Snell, Morton, and Wheeler and have and ending up putting a guy like a Chirinos back in the pen where he's been his best and Yarlborough in the pen where he's been his best and Beeks in the pen where he's been his best, now you're looking at a very formidable team pitching staff-wise, adding to a team that already is very good. So I'm looking at Zach Wheeler to possibly go to Tampa. You're saying Boston. Sorry, I was just looking at my phone. The Jets signed um, uh, Griffin from Texans. So he, oh, I, a tight I, end? Tight end that can actually catch the football. Hey, good I'm move. I'm excited. There you go. you got to like that. All right, so Ken Giles, we kind of talked about him earlier. You think that he's going to go with Stroman in a package, a package deal to the deal. Bronx. The Yanks. 
I don't see that happening, um, but I do see him going to the Washington Nationals. Okay. They really, for the love of God, need I see Will Smith there, man. I see Will Smith. I think the Nationals are going to do are going to sell. No, no. Our Will Smith is probably topping off at 42 miles an hour. All right. Yeah, they don't Um, want that. Yeah, he's a lifetime second baseman. Um, Never had an arm. Okay. Didn't get blessed with the arm of the rest of the family did, unfortunately for him. Um, But we still love him. He's the best. But uh, no, it's a different Will Smith. All right. Yeah. um, Yeah. You're talking the Will Smith of the San Francisco Giants. Um, I am. Yeah. So I'm going to say Giles goes to... uh, goes to Washington. You said in a package deal to the Bronx, Kirby Yates, who might be the most attractive arm on the, on the reliever market. If he's actually on the reliever market, San Diego is said to be asking for a King's ransom. They did the same last year with Brad hand when they dealt him to Cleveland and they got one. So does he get moved? No, I agree. No, not if they're going to ask for a King's Ransom, which is probably what they're going to do because they don't really want to trade him anyways unless they're blown away. And I don't think they're going to. I think every team's going to call their bluff and say you don't really want to get rid of this guy. He's a young, talented arm, and they don't move him. So let's move on to the next guy. And these next two guys I think are definitely going to get traded because this is a full-on rebuild. I think everybody except for Nick Goodrum on this team is available except for their young prospects. That is Shane Green of the Detroit Tigers. Informally of the New York Yankees. He did once pitch for the Yankees. I think he's gotten a little bit better. Well, yeah, he was a starter with the Yanks, and he actually had a couple games where he was very, very good, and he looked promising. But we got Didi, so that's okay. Um, I say he's coming back to the Bronx. Cashman has shown a history of reacquiring former players. That's a good call. All, so maybe all, a little bit lesser of a deal for Stroman, and then you get a Shane Green on the cheap as I, well? Yeah, I think you're looking at probably throwing in... You're going to use your position players more as assets for the Tigers because if they lose a closer, look how quickly it comes to find closers. And I don't think that they're a team that's going to command a premier bullpen caliber prospect for a Shane Green. Their problem lies in the position. So what are they giving up? A Floreal? I think that's the one where you could be looking at a Floreal or maybe a Frazier. I mean, they seem very intent know. on not trading Frazier. I don't think if they're that hot on Frazier, he's not worth it. And if you're not giving up a Frazier for a green, you're definitely not giving up an Andahar. Here's a wild card in this whole thing, though. I don't think it would happen for Shane Green. But if you're trying to pry a Matthew Boyd, away from Detroit. Now, I didn't put him on here because I don't think that they're going to move him. I think he's up there. I don't know why in God's name they would trade him uh, unless they have the Michael Fulmer fear where he will never have higher value and you're not sold on his future and get rid of him now. But Boyd, man, that guy's K rate is absurd. He's a ground ball guy too. He's a hard-throwing lefty prospect that they got from Toronto in the David Price deal a couple years back. I don't know why you would want to move him when he's pitching like this and he could be a real anchor in your rotation with a Fulmer coming back. I would give up. But if you give up an Andujar, is that an. If you start with like an Andujar, a Debbie Garcia, and a Clint Frazier, and maybe like a Loisaga, is that. That's plenty. Yeah, I mean I'm biased, but of I course. think that's plenty. Now, obviously, I'm just being I'm just being hypothetical there, but I think Shane Green could find his way back to the Bronx. The the Red Sox have always made sense, but to be honest with you, the Red Sox just lost two of three to Baltimore, and this week they're playing three down in the trap and four at home against the Yanks, and then they host. Tampa for three next week and then go to the Yankees for four. So this is really going to make a break. So though. by the time next Wednesday rolls around. If it goes the way it has been going, and maybe they could... I mean, they're talented enough to flip the switch, but it just doesn't seem like it's that kind of year for them. I don't think that they're going to be in the so buying mode. I guess they're mode. not getting a Zach Wheeler either then, huh? Yeah, if they're not they're not, they're not going to be in the buying mode then. So I'm going to say Shane Green finds his way and Cashman's old tricks. Remember, he brought back Robertson, and Canely was a former Yankee farmhand that he brought back. You've seen him bring back Soriano a couple, five oh, years ago. Oh, a ton ago, of people. Six years ago. So I, I, I could see that happening. So I'll say Shane Green to the Yanks. Um, Nick Cassianos plays outfield and third base for the Detroit Tigers. Hasn't played third base in a while, but he is capable of playing third base. Mm-hmm. Very good bat. 
Great bat. Real good bat. Um, honestly, I don't know on this one. I, I'm trying to think of a team that's in the, in the mix that needs a bat, and pitching's at a premium, and I think this just goes to prove that pitching is at a premium. Looks The way you look at me right now, you're looking at me like – you know, you're looking at me first of all like you want to kiss me, and you better you better stop. But the other thing is that you're looking <laughs> at me like you have a you have a spot. So why don't you give it to me? No, I was really hoping to see if you had one because this is another guy who it seems like has been floated out as far as trade chip for a long time. They have talked extension, but nothing's gotten done. The Cubs could make sense, but I don't There's know so where he's playing. So here. that's my question. They And the only reason I bring up the Cubs the is because they've been pitching, scouting him like crazy. Exactly. And notice we haven't said the Cubs for any of these guys. I think they, they made their big move with bringing in Kimbrel. uh, Kimbrel. I'm not. I'm going to say he's not getting moved. I think Boyd for a King's Ransom and um, Green's just going to go. Green's just, he has to go. So I'm going to say Castellanos. The Phillies are a dark horse in here. They could uh, honestly. Franco's been terrible this year. He has been, and they could use. And Bruce got games. hurt, and mm-hmm. obviously McCutcheon's out for the year, so they make sense. But I won't say that. I will say that he will not get dealt. So we just played a little match game for these for these guys, whether they're staying or going, and where. Always a lot of fun. We'll know in nine days. So this year, Major League Baseball decided that they were going to institute one hardcore trade deadline. There's no trades that can be made after this. Obviously, with the August deadline, the waiver deadline, we've seen guys like Verlander get moved. We've seen some big names get moved to help out teams. And uh, that is a no-go this year. And I told you off the air, I think that this is going to separate the good GMs from the great GMs from the so-so GMs. Because you've got to be very preemptive here and with so many teams in limbo because of that second wild card and not having the luxury of going another month to see what happens, we're going to have to find out quick, fast, and in a hurry what these teams want to do. Do you think this is a good thing for baseball, or do you think that it was better to have the August 31st deadline too in, because of that second wild card? I think it's a good thing for baseball. It's going to drive a lot more attention. I think the first year it's going to be a shit show, and that's just going to make it more fun for every year and more anticipated. I just don't. I think there's a little bit of a lull because people don't know what to expect because this is the first year. But I think that it's going to be really, really good for baseball in terms of just pushing the sport, especially now where you're talking in August with the waivers and things run down. You're running into college football season as well as obviously the NFL season. Now it's all baseball. It's all anybody's got to talk about. So it's going to drum up a lot more and. I think it's going to give I think it's going to make it a lot harder for teams to determine whether or not they're they're buyers or sellers. And like you said, this is going to make I mean obviously the GMs that are in it, Cashman's going to be buying and people like the Tigers are going to be selling, but the teams more in the middle like you said a Cleveland Indians or even a a um a San Francisco Giants where you got hot from the all-star break on and now you have a decision on your hands it's really going to make or break it if i'm these teams that got hot against bad teams a la the san francisco giants i'm selling regardless because you guys could go on a skid and then your ass is on the hot seat as a gm because you didn't sell those guys off yeah exactly i think what this does and, and i by the way i agree with everything that you said i when i first heard it i didn't love it because i think with that second wild card it should you should have more of an opportunity but to, to think to see where your team goes, right? But the more I thought about it, I, I'm in agreement with you, man. I, I think that this really does separate the, the top GMs from the bad ones because you have to really know your personnel and you have to be able to project what your team doing now is going to do if it finds its way to the postseason. And... Sometimes it's just not that year. And, and I mean, thinking about it, right? Like you look at a team like Cleveland and their possible rotation with Kluber coming back healthy and you add him to a Bieber and a Clevenger and a, and a Bauer if you keep him. I mean, that's a formidable freaking rotation. But that team's bullpen is really no good with the exception of Brad Hand. And their lineup has been so-so this year. Yeah, Lindor's and- been in and out. Ramirez has been a travesty this year. 
But then again, if you look at a team like Washington, that team's pretty much built for the playoffs. And if I'm them, even though you're teetering, do you buy? Do you sell? I don't think they're going to sell, even if they even if they did decide that they're not going to buy. But I think that that's a team where if you can get one arm, maybe two arms into that bullpen, you guys can make a run, and that NL East is wide open. Well, you know what's funny too is. I think back to a couple years ago, 2016, when the Yankees decided to sell. And if you just look at the makeup of that team, it wasn't a horrible team. And by the way, talk about a team that had a, that had a component of that of that roster that was built for the playoffs. I mean, you had Batanzas, Miller, and Chapman all at the top of their games that year. I mean, if you got into a playoff series. And if they had the, if they found themselves with a lead into the fifth or sixth inning, the game was most likely over. But Cashman had to look at the totality of the roster and the situation of who was going to stay, who was going to go, and it seemed like they were always just treading water, right? Like they would win four in a row and then lose three in a row, or they would have they would score have a couple games where they score five to six runs, and then a couple games where they get shut out and they look pretty anemic. And I think that was where Cashman just said. Even if we sneak in, we're not better than about four of the other teams, and I'm not I'm not going to try to go to war. I have a chance to rebuild my organization, and I'm going to do it. And that's what a team like San Francisco has to do. You know that they don't have a lot of young talent coming through that pipeline, and they have a couple of the most prized possessions of the trade market. You look at a Cleveland, you're going to fetch something nice for Trevor Bauer. They've ended up giving up a lot of prospects in the last few years trying to win it all. They came so close back in 2016 getting Miller, but it hasn't manifested in a championship. And now, if you, as a small market team, you could be looking at a really tough situation for years to come if you don't have more guys coming up through that system. Absolutely. I think they should trade Bauer. I still think that division is winnable even without him, and he hasn't had that great of a year. I think he'd be great on the Braves, but just not too great for the Indians. But we'll have to see. What would you say, 10 days away? Nine days away, my Nine man. Nine days away, so... It's a slow time of year. Any shows you're watching? I mean, I know you're probably not catching up on your Game of Thrones, but we could do a little pop culture. Any shows that you would recommend to watch? You know, I've actually been I've been doing a lot of uh, listening to podcasts and watching a couple documentaries. So, okay. um, I watched the uh, watched that Ted Bundy one on Netflix. That, that was. was- Chills, man. Very, very, good. very dark. But holy shit, that was well done. Did you have you ever seen the uh, Zac Efron? No, um, and that was cute. It's a really up. long title. It's like heinous, nasty, some shit like that. Great movie. Heard he did a really good job. I would recommend. I would recommend. Right now, I'm do- listening to a uh, a series on the uh, the Parcast Network that's like on the summer of '69, and mm. they're combining a lot of like. The music stuff, obviously, we're on the 50 year of Woodstock, and then um, they've done like talks about like a lot of the uh, a lot of the conspiracy theories and, and stuff JFK like that at the time. Well, that was 63, but but were you, oh only 69, only six, oh summer of 69. Okay. Kind of how it's like that's that like a song. A, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but it's also it, it's like one of the most romanticized like parts of any year in American history. So, uh, just kind of brushing up on that, getting my history nerd on. That's pretty cool. How cool. about you? You a Stranger Things guy? Nah, man. I'm not I, either. Um, unlike Game of Thrones, though, I did give that one a chance. I watched like the first two episodes. I watched the first season, actually. Oh, yeah? And it was all right. But yeah. I just I, I couldn't stick with it. There's something uh, thing, about it. I don't know. The thing that's weird about Netflix is they could blow it up and they could have just owned the summer after Thrones. But they put it out at once. People don't stop talking about it for about three days, and then it's gone. But it's a huge thing. I mean, Nike just did a whole collab with them. They've got like four I saw or five that. sneakers That's out. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, there's been a few crazy shoes out recently. I don't know if you saw the Adidas did something with Arizona Ice Tea. No. Um, I so saw Kyrie's launching like SpongeBob. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't. I don't really fuck with the Kyrie since the first one. I, I just don't really like the shoe. I like the fact that he has a cheaper price point as well as Giannis's that just came out. They're a little like LeBron's cost you around like two ten or something like that. Kyrie's will run you like one twenty, and I think I saw the Giannis shoes that just came out priced at like one ten. I really like that that they're trying to get them a little bit cheaper. But no, Arizona basically. So there was a pop up in the city, um, Arizona, basically for Adidas themed, um, for Arizona themed Adidas shoes. 
Two were the um, two were the green tea, and two were the original iced tea, and they had patches on it and everything. Basically, the whole the whole block got shut down, and the police had to shut it no down. No shit. The thing was, they were super limited, so they're going on stadium goods right now. I just took a peek because I really liked one of the pairs. They're going on stadium goods for about six hundred dollars right now, five fifty. If you basically, if you bought an Arizona iced tea, you'd get a pair of the shoes for ninety nine cents. So that's pretty dope. And that's pretty good real resale value. That's a, that's a nice markup. But good for them. Again, super limited. Uh, but anyway, so they've got they they've got a Stranger Things shoe now, huh? Collab. Yes, uh, multiple shoes. They had like a blazer. They had um, a couple other runners as well. Some old ones. They looked pretty cool. But again, I didn't want to be a poser and scoop those up because I don't. I'm not a fan of the show. Uh, what I am watching though is Euphoria. I've heard that, that show yeah. is fucking nuts. It's crazy. Cinematically, just what they did shooting it and everything, it's super awesome to watch. It's a fucked up show. That's what I've heard. Very yeah. fucked up. Um, I, I Maybe I have the stomach for that kind of shit because some people are like, oh, I'm glad it's only once a week. I can only watch one episode a week. Oh, yeah, as I binged it, 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 it's very fucked up. It's like... You're, my life Man, you and I are having a dark summer. You're watching that. I'll, I'm watching the Ted Bundy doc. Jesus. I, that was a good doc. Another show that I'm hoping comes out soon is... um, There's like... Fuck. It was Mindhunter. Mindhunter yes, is called... I've heard nothing but good things. You should, yeah. If you haven't seen the first season of that one, you should definitely watch that one. Second season, Netflix put it out. If you want to send me a screener early, I will give you a review of it, and it will probably be five stars. Probably. Um, but yeah, Euphoria is incredible. It's very fucked up. It's like my life is a teenager. That's HBO, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's on HBO. It's like my life as a teenager basically on a crazy amount of steroids because I didn't do those kind of drugs, and I don't think I would. Um, Never say never, I guess. (laughs) Oh, um, all right. Anything's on the table if you get Tom out. Podcast? Let's see. What can I give the people to listen to? Obviously, the Podfather. Shout out to him. I'm watching um, something. It's like called like Terrible Failures or something. I should probably get the name right where all these companies – just failed for absurd reasons. Um, the business of hype with Jeff Staple, who is huge in the streetwear and the fashion industry, he created the pigeon dunk, kind of set this whole streetwear sneaker waiting in line thing off. Back That's pretty in, cool. Like 2001, he interviews a, a lot of people within the industry um, and how I built this on NPR. Nice. That's an awesome one. So I would give that a listen. Very versatile. Oh yeah, we've got a lot going on with all over the map. Well, we've got a lot of interest there, Pete. What about music these days? What are you listening to right now? Music. I actually, um, I just heard a song by um, ASAP Ferg. Uh, It got released on the 11th. I was a little late to it. It was called uh, "Floor Seats Fire." Um, I really like ASAP Ferg. Um, He hasn't put out new music since. I believe he put out a song like two years ago, and and everybody thinks it's still new, but that's Plain Jane. But that shit's been out for a while. Aside from that, um, I mean, obviously, I like the little Nas thing with the with the um, what's it called, Old Town Road. Oh and, yeah. Um, he had the Yodel Kid on it, and obviously Billy Ray, and I forgot the rapper that he had on it. That's a good one. Um, and then I've just been listening to some alternative. I listen to anything except heavy metal. I draw the line of heavy metal. Not a huge country guy. I won't go too deep into country, but I will listen to like Zach Brown band and everything. But yeah, I'll the, listen to pretty much anything. There's something about the summertime and like easy country. You don't have to appreciate it for being good, but it's yeah. good easy listening no, music. No, yeah, you know? and I'll, I'll listen to pretty much anything. If there's a country song on, I'm not going to turn it off, but I won't personally go Is Old Town Road country? I don't know what this fucking music is. It's on the charts of people I know who love country. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? New Taylor Swift out. Fire. Oh, I'm a huge T-Swift guy. Fantastic. Thank God she's back on Spotify because I'm at the point now with Spotify where my library is just so vast and their algorithm just understands me so well that I will keep paying them and I will not. Her new album drops, uh, I think like in a month. Ooh. It's like the 26th of August. I want to say, ah, that's fine. She's making a lot of like social statements with this, with this album, which I think is pretty cool. Cause you know, like you've had this platform for so long and like, she's never really been one to, no, to I mean, get out in the forefront. Hers was like, ah, my boyfriend broke up on me. Wow. Right. And now, I mean, I appreciate that. I've been listening to some new Beyonce as well. All right. Um, yeah, I'm kind of all over the map. No, dude, I'm with you. I'm I'm on a little bit more of like an indie alternative grind right now. Oh, but Nirvana? No, just no. New stuff. I wasn't not the, not the grungy stuff. More like new I like, stuff. I like, like the I'm talking stuff. like uh, like Walk the Moon, Saint okay. Lucia, bands like that. Um, 
was listening to uh, I was a little bit on like a '90s hip hop. Like I was doing a lot of Biggie and Pac there okay. for a little okay. bit, like earlier in the month. Naughty by Nature or no? A little bit, not not as much. And okay. then um, you know, I always I always find a way to get back to like the Logic, Young Sinatra mixtapes, and early Kanye and stuff like that. So um, kind of like you, all over the map, like whatever whatever mood hits me but i'm kind of excited about summer's the perfect some new music, music that's coming, coming out. out yep the new spanish shit is coming out too with the j balvin and they're killing it and um who is it um something bunny he, he he's killing it too smash mouth is actually having a free concert uh tomorrow if you'd like to attend smash mouth i'm not kidding <laughs> where, are they playing? I believe you. where are they playing white plains okay new york if you want to go i've heard of white plains yes sir all right well that about wraps it that up was we'll fun. be back later in the week i hope you take some of our recommendations um check out sorry sports <coughs> try that again check out sorry if you'd like um we have two articles that are pretty recent sean wrote an article about what was it uh james harden and russell westbrook the boys the boys yeah, was, are back it, in town yeah it was more about westbrook's era in oklahoma city and how that would be some tears on the keyboard like for sean and then we have a Not mike really, phillips article about the new york rangers uh, so give those a read and enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back later with a sorry short later in the week. Take care, guys. <laughs>